And welcome back. I'm your host, Gavin, and this is That Critical Idiot. Welcome back to That Critical Idiot. I'm your host, Kevin, and let's get right into it. So, today, as probably if you're listening to this after the live recording, you're probably, you already know, it's, we're going to talk about NPCs today. Now, I had the idea of talking about NPCs uh, for the first one, but then I wanted to touch more on the, kind of the backstory of how I got into all this stuff. So, this episode is going to be about the NPCs. What makes a good NPC? What defines the NPC? We get it. We'll get into a lot of this here. All right. So, what makes a good NPC? Actually, to be honest, what I found uh, was really interesting was we actually just had the first session of our newest newest campaign in the group, in our group. And for once, I'm not the DM, which is actually really really enjoyable. Uh, and not playing as the DM. It makes me, it allows me to appreciate the NPCs and the the surrounding of the population and the civilians and the, there's just the ambient background of people in the world that the DM creates. And so I got to, I got to appreciate a little bit of what my friend had done in the group where he created this like really loving and fun environment that we were in. We were at a bar are sitting down for some drinks before we go the next day we were going to go pick up we're going to go travel to pick up this product called never thaw which is a, a ice that doesn't really thaw for too long like takes a lot longer than normal ice to thaw pretty much so throughout the night as we're drinking there is this little tiny i'd say i don't know if you remember if he ever said what the age of the kid was but it was like a little elven elven girl and so she kept bringing us the drinks and stuff, and it was awesome and all fun. And then the next, the next morning, everybody, everybody's getting ready for for getting ready to go. Everybody's getting everything up and up and at them. And orcs attack. And since the orcs have attacked, and everybody's a little bit, everyone's kind of going to freaking out. Everybody's going all around. We go and we try to figure out what's going on. And, of course, the first kind of combat scene that we enter, the first thing that we see is the little elven girl who was bringing us our drinks and, you know, catering to what we wanted throughout the night of food and drinks is now being killed by an orc, which pulls on that heartstring. She was, like, an amazing little bartender, and now we're watching her be completely murdered by these orcs. We proceeded to power smash through that, but it was amazing. Just the the emotion that you feel is like you get connected to a character and then that character gets killed off. And that's I see that for NPCs. If you want to hook, that's the that's the solid point. Is you find an NPC trait. It doesn't matter what it could be. It could be uh, kids. It could be just the fact that they're really charismatic. It could be really anything that makes them. It caters to what your players favor. So, say they don't really care if a kid gets killed. Which, morally speaking, is a little... 
little in the gray and dark, but whatever. Say they don't care about that, you throw a hook of, say, a very charismatic guy, he makes friends with them, you know, they get to they get to be real good with them, and then you off them, or you get them kidnapped, and that, that hooks them a little. And so the, the killing of the little girl hooked us, where at that point, it's like, any orcs we see, I don't care if they're not attacking or attacking, they're dead. Like, throws you into a spiral of, fuck this race, this has happened, we're done, we're, we're gonna kill them. And so with that, we've 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 gone into to a little bit of a fight there, and that's when the night cut cut it short because it was a little bit of a shorter night, but it, it was a it was a good time. Now, what makes a good NPC? I've got I've got plenty of plenty of ideas of what makes a good NPC, and to be honest, my most successful NPCs, um, I gave them a maybe a funny voice or maybe a distinctive voice. Um, maybe it was a different trait than they were normally, than the players were normally suspecting, or expecting, not suspecting, but maybe they were expecting, um, I'll give you an example. I had a goblin, it was during the raid of, uh, I think it was Nightthorn or something like that. It was a town set in the, uh, giant, or king, Storm King Thunder, Storm King Thunder campaign. Now, it was the first little area where you go into the town, and there's goblins running amok, and they're taken and looting. Now, I gave the trait of this this goblin. Instead of him being vicious and snarly and attacking, he pleaded. He surrendered. He put, you know, uh, it was at the time, his the character who was playing, his name was Admir. And Admir walked up to him and was like, you're going to go, you're going to go into that corner, you're going to face the corner, you're going to stand there while I make sure that you have and put all this loot back. So he goes off and he stands in the corner and he does what he's told, which he's not, he's not attacking. He has weapons, he could attack, but he's not. And he's giving kind of a distinctive voice that made them chuckle. He's giving them uh, this kind of feel of, hey, this one's not so bad. Further down the road, they get into a little bit of an argument. Maybe I switched out his personality just a tweak, just to make it a little bit more entertaining, as there's a fight going on between Admir and one of the other players, who's now having an issue with the fact that they're sparing a goblin. One, Admir being a paladin, he believes, no, 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 we can just sentence him. It's fine, we don't need to kill him. And he's advocating because he's 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 grown to like this little character who hasn't immediately attacked him. This character who he thought was going to attack him didn't. So, long story in a whole little bundle, that character did die, but it did create this party tension where we had one of the party members who was like, all goblins should die no matter what. And we had Admir who was like, you know, some of them can die. I understand that some of them are completely evil, but maybe some of them are still good. And so that, that really made it set with them. And they're like, this is really cool, and I really, really enjoy this. So I was really, really proud of that one. There's a couple more NPCs that I've gone through that are very enjoyable. But what I've noticed that seems to work really well is if you make them over-enthusiastic, you make them over the top. You just make them go above and beyond what anyone would normally ever think of them make them you know it's ex- ex- 
the words just slipped my tongue, but anything and everything that would just make them over-the-top, crazy. Uh, we had one NPC from one of my other campaigns that I played in as an actual player this time. He was this crazy wizard. And he was crazy and ridiculously, like, demented, and he'd just be like, you know, messing around with you, throwing rocks at you. He, he literally... Just by the whole thing, he seemed like he had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. And he, it, seriously, he needed to be into an asylum, pretty much. And the best part about that NPC was, is he had this underground little area, and in that underground area, he had mushrooms. And when he ate the mushrooms, he'd be calm, he'd be wise, and he'd be this, like, completely different person. And that stuck with us. That stuck with the majority of our party. Is, this person's crazy... But maybe he's he's got some sense to him. Maybe this character, he's he's good. He's good. Now, what defines NPCs? NPCs like why do they stand out? So the same thing. It's like what what is what are you gonna do to define your NPC? Are you gonna are you gonna make him have a funny funny voice or a distinctive voice or maybe you know are you gonna actually uh, kind of try to get an accent of a dwarf if you're playing a dwarf? Like what what are you gonna do to make your your NPC? If your NPC is distinctive, and, like, if, if, if it's distinctive, it sticks out from the crowd. What makes your dwarf NPC or your goblin NPC stick out from the crowd of dwarfs or goblins or wherever they're at? What's the difference? Are they dressed a certain way? Are they talking a certain way? Are they acting a certain way? And those are all things to consider when you're making an NPC because the more you put into the idea of it... As long as you don't go too terribly over the top, you're looking at something where the characters will see it and they'll be like, either they're like, that's a cool person, or maybe it's an evil NPC, and then it, you can draw their attention to him. You'd be like, hey, look at this guy. Doesn't he look like he's a horrible human? Here's what he's been doing. Here's how he dresses. Like, you could say, oh, he has a uh, breastplate with a giant skull on it. And then, right then and there, they're going to be like, they're going to be suspicious of the guy with a giant skull on their chest, on his chest plate. There's different types of NPCs too. So, you've got your evil NPCs. So, those would be your, maybe your villains, maybe your goons, maybe some, some henchmen's. You got your basic civilians or your kind of background people. So, people at the bar, you're describing them, you know, it's like, okay, so you're at a bar. Well, we're, we're in the bar. Are we talking about, like, noblemen? Are we talking about workers? Are we talking about, you know, guards, knights? What are we, what are we looking for? And what is this, what is this NPC gonna, gonna portray? Where is the setting and how are they portraying that setting? Then you've got your kind of main quest giver NPCs. Now, those guys are obviously gonna want to have to stand out of the crowd. But maybe you don't want them to stand out of the crowd. Maybe they're part of a secret organization. And then now you want them to kind of blend in, but they're going to seek out the people and they're going to kind of act suspicious enough to get the players to, to kind of go, oh, hey, maybe we should go check that guy out. He looks a little different. So there's a whole different scenario in everything, right? And it's based on, or at least I've noticed, it's based on with at least my group, comical versus serious. Now, you want maybe your exuberant wizards, your wizards to be exuberant, you want them to be comical and spontaneous, but maybe you want your guards to be more serious 
and taking their job seriously. Uh, I've had it where I've had some of the guards, they've, I've, I've done a couple, tried to do a couple of funny bits with the guards, and it usually either pulls, a, makes a distraction out of the, out of the entire campaign, and then you're sitting there and you're going, okay, well, how are we going to, how are we going to get this back on track? What are we going to do here? Or you could take it another step and you could go and you can have it where they're serious. And I've had that also kind of pull a little bit of, of attention away because there's less, there's less dialogue sometimes. Maybe, maybe you don't portray it right. There's, it's, it's always a hit and miss in some, some or more places. Now. A lot of NPCs, they're not going to aid the the people, or your players. They're not going to, you know, most of the NPCs, they're not going to go and they're going to go, hey, we should totally come join you. We know this route easily. Some may, and that might be part of your thing. If that's the way you want to run your campaign, that's amazing, you know. I've had some of it work that way, and I've had some of it work a completely different way. Uh, NPCs basically serve as that point where they could be the item checker. You have a wizard who can... Make sure to let your players know you know they can bring they can bring magical items. They'd be like, "Hey, what's this wand do?" And the wizard will hold it for a few seconds. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've seen this before." It wave it up, down, left, right, and it's gonna cast magic missile. You've got five uses left on this, so he can do that. But when are those higher level NPCs gonna come in and do an aid? What when when are they gonna aid the player? Are they gonna aid the player? Is it worth their time to aid the player? Do they even have a reason to aid the player? Now, one kind of interesting twist, and there was another DM, and I think I mentioned him in the last episode. Uh, his name is Matthew Colville, and he—I think I'm pronouncing that right. I cannot, if I'm if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But he he does a lot of cool stuff, and he actually was one of the big inspirers of me starting this air, this little thing. Now, you've got. Your NPCs. Now, let's say you go in and you talk to this wizard. He's a high-level wizard. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's got his own stuff to do. But maybe, just maybe, he comes in and saves the day when the players really need it, but they don't expect it. And is that needed? Do they need NPC aid? When do they need it? Do they need guards to come help them? Why are the guards going to be able to go help them if they don't have these bigger fish to fry? And I think I touched a lot of that on the last episode. Now... With all of that, you also have to think, what's the NPC's knowledge of the world? Do they know the acts of what your heroes have, and heroes or villains, depending on what style of campaign you're doing? Do they know the acts of which your characters have done? Do they know the acts of which maybe the main villain has done to pass on some information, maybe a rumor or such? Do they know of any hidden nearby treasure or dungeons for your adventurers to go in and check out? And it also really depends on what you want to play. But really, the NPC's knowledge is very, very crucial. Where I've had it, where if I give them... Too, say I, I've, I've given a couple NPCs a little bit too much of knowledge. So they don't really know what's going on. Or they do, and it's just not working out for them. So they're not working out. Or they know too much knowledge. They don't know as much knowledge. Maybe they don't know anything, and then the player is going, well, why did this character come up and talk to us? So having all of that planned out, having the knowledge, and what's the world going on, How? what do they know? So let's say the guards of a town, your characters walk in, 
the guards know that the those people they've heard rumors of these four travelers and these travelers have saved the town from a great dragon attack now i mean i wouldn't say low level people would be doing that maybe they're high level who knows but let's go in and say that that's what they know now they walk up to these travelers and these travelers seem to your players seem to fit their description very well to the rumor and the guards go up and they go hey you're so and so and the players go well how do you know that and they go well we heard a rumor that you saved this town from a dragon and now that's going to boast the players they're like see our good deed in that town has now started to spread and then the guard goes if you need anything let us know now my players as much as i love to do that for them my players will flame me constantly if I do that. If I do that for too much, they'll be like, "Okay, you need to stop. We do not need this much. Let us let let us let us suffer a little." Sometimes I get a little a little friendly and I give them some stuff and they're like, "We don't deserve this." So, but with a giant great giant attack, I feel like uh, a rest at an inn from a guard is like nights at stay at an inn for free from a guard because he appreciates the fact that you saved a city. I, I feel like that's that's pretty pretty safe to say that it's good to go. Now, say they have that knowledge, but say they also have knowledge that that's not the only dragon attack. That allows so say because I'm working on actually working on a sandbox. Uh, campaign for later on next year uh, with my group and the sandbox campaign it's going to have a variety of stuff it's going to have a big main enemy it's going to have where they start it's going to have all this stuff but it's going to be open to how they're going to deal with it how are you going to get to this how are you going to work your way up and it's going to be a very interesting story and such things so like say there's a, a a cult of dragons dragons are quite intelligent surprising because most people think that dragons aren't but dragons seem to be the most intelligent well not the most intelligent but they seem to be quite an intelligent beast in pretty much anything pathfinders dungeons and dragons anything that has a dragon usually the dragons are quite smart they have spell knowledge they have high spell knowledge like ridiculously high spell knowledge more so than some demons which is even more ridiculous and so you're looking at all these different things. Now say there's a higher up cult of dragons that are terrorizing cities. And he's heard wind of rumor of this. He's now become a quest giver. He's become someone who can go, hey, did you guys do this because of this? Or did you just kill the happen to be there when the dragon killed them? And then that that goes into a whole the whole background story. So if they're actually there, if they were going there to fight the dragon, or they were there and they fought the dragon, and now they're looking for more dragons to slay, and protect the, the civilians and the citizens of this of these towns, then you're looking at this whole storyline that maybe this one guard he's got that one rumor. He's like, oh, I heard a passing traveler from um, Oberon. They came down to this town. They said that there was a dragon attack about two weeks ago and they their home was burnt up they stayed in a couple the friend's house for in an inn for a while but they just couldn't live there anymore so they moved here for a new start that allows people to go that your characters go up there and explore and check what's going on all right i've talked a lot about that part now 
let's just talk about more of the NPC styles. So, your NPCs are a very vast and wide expanding kind of body of your campaign. Your campaign is based on pretty much your villain, your PCs, and everything in between. And everything in between, 90% of that are NPCs. NPCs of shopkeeps, NPCs of random civilians people who maybe just just to make the the feeling of immersiveness in your game just that much more maybe you know you go to a town it's got a poor district it's got more of an upper class district you go to the poor district it's not that well maintained uh it's dirty there's drunk people all over the place you know buildings aren't as immaculate as in the upper class area where Everything is properly groomed. Everything is nice and shiny. And you kind of get those NPCs who... uh, You have the stumbling drunks. You have the returning bar... Like the bar usuals. You know, you got the people who go there every night. So, maybe your characters are in a town for a couple nights... Inquiring about a dragon sighting. I'll go back to the dragon thing because it's as easy as... uh, It's easy for me to keep on track with that one. So, we got the dragon sightings... And now they're in town for a couple nights. So they go back to the bar every night, have a couple drinks, have a couple laughs. They start noticing, oh, that person was here last night. And then the next night they're like, hey, that guy was there for the last two nights. He must be a regular. You start getting the feel and the vibe of like who is who. And then maybe they can start going up to the regulars. Hey, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? And that's where the whole, what do the character, the NPCs know? I mean, of course, a normal villager isn't going to know the ever-workings of the evil dragon cult, but maybe they might have heard a rumor about something, and some of them might not have heard anything. Maybe some of them don't even know, and they start freaking out, and they're like, are we going to get attacked by dragons? What's going on? So, really, I feel, depending on how the setting is, a lot of the characters and the people that your, your players will meet are going to really define and shape how they experience the game. Not to mention just how the city and inner workings are, but just the NPCs and the inner workings of everything. That's how they're going to, in my opinion, that's how they're going to perceive and experience the world, is the people, the interactions. If all the people bow down to them and all the people have infinite knowledge and all the people give them stuff they're not going to experience a world. They're going to be given whatever they want. So, to be honest, I had a little bit more on the NPCs, but I feel like we've covered quite a lot. Now, NPCs, there's a lot to cover, but there's a lot to to not cover. There's, It's really up to you. Do you play an NPC this way? Do you play an NPC that way? It's really up to the DMs discretion so say an npc wants to join the party or the party wants to hire an npc maybe they don't have a cleric and they forgot or you know you've you're starting up let's say because i've had this before let's say you're starting up a campaign if you don't if you start up a campaign and you want to get some people involved and you start it up and only say i don't know four of your friends or maybe some some people around the community want to join but none of them have played 
more than likely they're going to stick with the easiest thing. Now, some of them may go out of their branch and they might get it, pick a cleric. But forcing someone into a class is certainly not going to going to bode well. We've had that happen before in our group, and it's gone terrible. Some people just don't like to play a certain class, and when that class needs to be filled and there's a little bit of pressure, sometimes it goes works well, but sometimes it, it just goes south. So, sometimes maybe, let's say, you have a party of three. One chose a ranger, two chose fighter. None of them feel comfortable playing any magic users, because magic depending on the system, can be kind of complicated. So, now they need either a cleric or someone that's going to at least deal some health. Or maybe they pack a lot of health potions. But having the cleric there is always a good hand. So maybe they want to have the cleric. Who's going to play the cleric? Now, some people enjoy playing the cleric. Some people enjoy playing... Like, so, if... If you've got a crew of people and they've they're not they haven't played before, you might end up as a DM being playing be playing the cleric. You might be rolling for the cleric. You're in the game with the players. Then you are one of the players and you are the overlord. So you're seeing all this stuff and how it works, and you're also controlling one of the characters. Now you've got all that, but maybe let's just say. One of your players is a little bit more seasoned. They just didn't really want to play a cleric. Now you can go, okay, how about this? I control how the player thinks and thinks and how they'll act to situations. You play the combat of them. So now that person essentially has a second character, but not really. You control how the character acts. They control the fight. So, but to your discretion, if... The cleric is, um, let's say the cleric is really, really, he really wants to keep the party alive. And he'll do that at whatever cost. He wants to protect his friends and his allies that have, that he is joining on this party. And your player says, no, 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 I'm going to draw him back. I'm not going to let him take this, this hit. But that goes against his nature that you chose for him. He, you, you tell the player, nope, he is going to take that hit because that is his nature. So you still have the control of the character, but they also get to handle the rolling. And it just it puts it into the player's hand a little bit more than your hand. Which is good because, you know, you don't want it to be that whole, oh, well, you know, we only won because you got to roll this. And you probably, you know, had a little extra stat there. Some people can be like that. Now, really, it it's as I said for NPCs and everything. It's up to what you decide you wanna wanna do. It's up to how you create your story and how you create your world as to how your people are perceived and how they work, how the inner workings of them seem to seem to work. Now, you could have a whole campaign where everybody is a okay. They know what's going on. They're gonna give your people some good stuff, and they're going to help them out when they need to. Or you could have it where it's a little bit more barren, they're distant. I know that some NPCs, maybe farmers, they're not... Maybe the farmers aren't uh, aren't as good with, with the adventurers as maybe the guards are. Guards know, I can handle an adventurer as long as, you know, there's no crazy shit going on. I can handle the occasional adventurer accidentally casting a fireball out of anger at a thief 
I can handle the occasional, you know, random goblin raid because these adventures piss the local goblins off. But a farmer, on the other hand, they, they're not as defendable, or they don't have as much defense as a guard. A guard has armor, a guard has a sword. A farmer has what? Maybe a pitchfork? Some overalls? The farmer doesn't feel comfortable. The farmer is not going to feel okay with these adventurers trotting around their town. And they're going to insist that the art, uh, these adventurers leave as soon as possible. As, as, as soon as possible and immediately as possible. They're not going to be, they're going to be distant. They're going to keep away because they know adventurers know, they know adventurers are bad news. They bring bad news. They bring attacks on their cities. They bring sorrow to the towns. And really, in all, in all honesty, farmers are probably going to be the least, or anyone who, who kind of knows, you know, they're sitting off into the, on the outskirts and they go, these people are not going to bring this city good. And if they bring this city good, then that might change that uh, that NPC's opinion. But I usually like to start some of them out with it's kind of, you aren't going to bring this city good. I can't, I can't be near you in case things go south. And because of everything, I think I'm going to end this episode a little short. Usually it's uh, 45 minutes, but I think I'm going to end this one. A wee bit short, because there's not as much. If I come up with more NPC stuff, I'll touch on it in another episode. Tune in next week. I will probably be talking about the inner workings of sandbox campaigns, because I'm working on a sandbox campaign, and how to make it kind of work. I ran one that almost worked. I just kind of added a few little things at the end that really didn't work out. But I will be touching on sandbox campaigns and other campaign styles in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye-bye.